Hello, hello. Welcome back to That's Dope, the podcast where we talk about dope things. My name is Godswell. We got Josh and we got a special guest, Caitlin Glass. She is one of my favorite ADR directors, voice actresses, friends from the old company. Uh, and I've been wanting to talk with you for a minute, but okay. I was like, maybe I shouldn't talk to people from the old company, I guess, you know. But, <laughs> but I don't know. I, I, thought, I thought there would be like some sort of problem. But, you know, I was like, let me talk to someone like who i've been wanting to talk with for like a long time you know like just to be like okay is this cool if not maybe i can just talk to you about like other things but i guess so far it's cool so yeah, yeah we got caitlin so glass far, i mean I'm, I'm just i'm just me so what do i know <laughs> no, you, you, we'll find out <laughs> yeah i mean a ton a ton so uh i mean like one of your most famous roles you were winry from full metal alchemist uh yeah. you have directed a ton of shows like that I have really adored and like i think like one of my favorite things that like i definitely want to get into is like i really love like how you you are like one of the true like people like starting up the like diversity like you've been doing it you know like you were, like one of the people that like started getting hispanic actors in garo and then like started up like uh like with new actors and actresses and like really like, expanded the cast and i've always loved it i always wanted to tell you that I feel like I have told you that, but at the same time, I definitely want to say it on camera. So oh, thank you. Yeah. And then also I've always appreciated just like hanging out and talking like after the fact, you know, like, you know, leaving a company, I thought like I'd be, oh, I don't need more friends. And then you were definitely like one of the people that has always been cool to me throughout. Well, of course. <laughs> Why wouldn't I? <laughs> I was so sad when you left. I was like, where's that? Oh, no. I appreciate yeah above my pay grade not in my department whatsoever but <sighs> i'm glad that we can all like play nice i think everybody True. has like, no hard hard feelings we still love you as a guy and it's great that we can still interact you know you're still in this anime manga japanese culture in america world with us and that's awesome I'm glad for it. I'm I'm so happy to to be in this world still. So I guess like yeah. I guess getting things started. Like how is it being in this weird world of anime, cartoons, voice acting, all that? Like I mean, how and especially like I guess being a director now. How how is it? Mm, it's really strange. <laughs> Sometimes I can't <laughs> believe that this is my life. When it was just something that I did, maybe like I don't want to say on a whim. Um, I never thought that it would be a career path when I ended up at Funimation on a tour, like everybody kind of knows the story. Now it's becoming some sort of weird legend of how I started being a voice actor, but I really did get the job on a tour. Wow. I, I never, I never thought that I would still be doing it almost 20 years later. There was not even, <laughs> and even when I kept at it at the time, I still didn't think it would become what it has become, not just for me, but for fans, for the Western audiences in general. Uh, so it's really a trip. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. Can I, yeah. can I pause you real quick? What, like, what was up. the legend? Because, yeah, I do, I don't know. I remember you <laughs> okay, from Winry, cool. of course. Like, the voice is very, yeah. it's there still. Um, but Thanks. I had no Thank idea you. about I'm the rest so of I'm so glad. I still sound oh, like yeah. her. <laughs> oh, absolutely. You're um, killing it. I hope there's more that we can see. But yeah, we'll talk about all that. But yeah, yeah. Uh, talk about the sure. legend, honestly. Yeah. Okay. I When I say I feel like people know it lately when I've done podcasts and interviews, like it always comes around to this and then it gets reposted. So 
anyway, but um, yeah, so I was just a theater student. I had one semester left and of, of uh, college and Nathaniel Harrison, who's now like the head of all the sound department, um, uh, God's one is Nathaniel. He was just my he's buddy, great. buddy from church. And he's like, hey, you like anime. I work at this anime place. Do you want a tour? I'm like, heck yeah, I do. And he brought me on a tour one day. And he even said before going in, he's like, I don't know how to get you a job. I'm just an engineer. I'm like, it's fine. I just want to, I like anime. I want to see what you do. This will be, this will be great. And so he took me around the building and it was really neat to be like, oh, they're mixing Dragon Ball in there and they're doing this over here. And um, he took me inside one of the studios there and they weren't recording at the time. And the director was Eric Vale, whom we all know and love. And they were working on Yu Yu Hakusho in that room, but not hey. recording. He was just there. And I have learned since I've become a director that like people coming in with tours and showing their friends and family that the company is like not uncommon. So Eric like barely paid attention to the fact that we were there. Um, and so he's just kind of like, yeah, who are you? What do you do? Like reading something, doing his job. When I mentioned that I was an actor and a theater student, he, he perks up. He flips through whatever he's looking at. He's like, hey, get in the booth right now. And I'm like, wow. okay. Uh, <laughs> I got in there because I thought it was part of the tour. Like, no one's recording, so why don't you get in the booth and you know, see what a booth is? And uh, he's like, put, like these, put, these, yeah, put these headphones on. I'm like, okay. So I do. <laughs> and he explains the process, how dubbing works. And I'm looking at a script. I'm looking at the video. He's like, see this line on page whatever? You're going to hear these beeps. And after the beeps, you say that line. I'm like, all right. Uh, so I did that once or twice, and they recorded it. I think they even kept it. I didn't get paid for that Funimation. Um, and <laughs> maybe, maybe Back they pay didn't time keep it. with yeah, interest. Maybe, yeah, maybe they didn't keep it. But when I came out of the booth, he's like, "That's great. Uh, you sound great. Give your number to Tara down the hall, and you can work here." Wow. Yeah, just for straight real. up like that. And wow. I was like, <laughs> I was like, what, what, what? Uh, I'm, I'm not sure <laughs> I heard you right. And I was a good actor and I had learned in school to come prepared. Um, so I'm like, do you want my headshot? Do you want my resume? I have those things. They're in the car. He's like, we really don't need that. Just your phone number is fine. <laughs> and I'm wow. like, yo. Okay. <laughs> what, you? And, and he, he wasn't kidding. I, that was a Thursday and I was back over the weekend on Sunday being directed by none other than Christopher Savage himself um, on the first episode of Case Closed, where I just did some bits, just bits and pieces. Um, and that was in January of 2004. And by the summer of that year, I had my first lead in the show called Spiral. And by the fall of that year, I was Winry Rockwell. And the rest is history. Wow. Yeah. That's dope. I actually didn't know the the, the full legend. That's amazing. <laughs> but, like the timeline. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty, it's weird. It's like pinch myself bizarre that that is, that's my story. Yeah. So you're, what you're saying is like if if someone didn't have the skills you had, they can go in there with like some Windex, start cleaning some tables, and maybe someone be like, "Hey, you can work here as a janitor." Possibly. <laughs> <laughs> you got so yeah, much you can do. Yeah, maybe, maybe so. But I always say that there's like this line in the industry that it's about who you know. Like that's true. If I hadn't known Nathaniel, I wouldn't have you know been able to get that tour. But it's because I was training. It's because it was the word actor that made Eric's ears perk up. And, and the fact that I was in school and studying, not just like a, a wannabe uh, person, but someone who was, this was going to be my profession. 
And uh, so you can have someone to help you get your foot in the door, but you're going to need the talent. You're going to need the dedication and the skills to keep you in the building. And uh, Christopher Bevins, who um, used to direct for Funimation, has now gone off to do things in Los Angeles. He always would joke and say that Caitlin came on a tour and she just never left. Like, we can't get her to leave. (laughs) (laughs) I like it, though. It's like uh, it's what they always say. It's uh, luck. Luck meets preparation. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's pretty yeah. cool. It's like you're not, you're not just some random person. Like, well, you sound nice. <laughs> Didn't yeah. you? Like you were, oh, you're you're going through the pretty. steps already. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Especially because, seriously, the line that I said, and I remember it, is ugly creep. How about I mace you? That's not a line <laughs> that is going to, like, someone's amazing acting skills or, or beautiful voice is really going to sell a director on like, Hey, that person is great and should work here more frequently. I guarantee you it's because I said, I am a senior theater student. Here are some things that I've done, um, et cetera. And, and then, you know, he, he very succinctly said, listen to this, say this and go. And we work that fast. Like as a director, I know that when someone green comes in, I need to be able to explain to them, just like Eric told me, hear these beeps, say this line, go and get it just that quickly. So I was able to do that. And, uh, and then I grew from there. I mean, I didn't get Winry overnight. It took a number of, of months, but um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, hey, you're killing it now. I mean, like, <laughs> that's so dope. And then like you went from being a voice actress to being a director. And then like, I, like how did that transition happen? And then also, I guess, like, how is it being a director these days? Um. So by the the next year in 2005, I had graduated from college and I was looking for ways to use my degree more. Like I was desperate, or I don't want to say desperate. I was determined to only do jobs that my degree supported. Not that there's anything wrong against waiting tables if you needed to, or like teaching if you needed to, but I just wanted to try my hardest. To yeah, be stable. Why not? Do- right. Yeah, just do acting stuff and then directing is kind of ancillary to that because you do learn about it uh, in school. And um, I always say that the hardest thing about graduating from college, especially when you're in an arts program, is the sudden lack of community. Like I went to college for five years with a lot of the same people. You spend all day with them. You spend all night with them because you're in rehearsal. And then you spend all night with them like at bars and parties after that. So, <laughs> you know, hey. um, and then, uh, I mean, seriously, we had a green room. We had a common area. So even if you weren't in your theater classes in between your math and your English and your philosophy and everything else, you'd come back to that green room, meet with people, dine with them, go off to your classes. Uh, after school, I would be like at Anthony Bowling's house, Sean Gann's apartment, watching Dragon Ball, and hey. then going back to school uh, for rehearsal. And it isn't that they weren't still my friends with like once I graduated, but the the twenty four seven aspect of the grind of college was gone, and therefore all of those people were gone too. So I was also looking for that community again, and I felt the draw of that whenever I would be at Funimation working. Um, but that was only when I was working. So I'm like, how oh. can I be in this building more and uh, <laughs> not with some Windex, right? <laughs> I'll just clean the no, windows, I, right? As long as you talk yeah. to me. Hey, guys. We're in that bank <laughs> building. There were a lot of windows. Um, I've never so even seen that I, building. You never did? I thought maybe no, just I always hear about it. Yeah. Field trip or something. Next time I you're in check- Dallas, I gotta, we're going to go on a field trip. I'm going to take you up on that for funny. sure. 
Yes. <laughs> so I just thought about it. Like, what is my skill set? What are other things that I know how to do? And I went back to Nathaniel and said, maybe, can I direct or something? Do they need people like that? He's like, I don't know. Ask Justin, which is Justin Cook. And I didn't really know Justin all that well. So I was a little bit intimidated. But um, I, I ended up in his office and just kind of asked, hey, so directing, is that a thing maybe I could do? I'm kind of interested. And he just kind of looked at me and went, yeah, you could do it. Just like that. I swear. That was it. He's like, <laughs> yeah, okay. Wow. Now he didn't give me a job immediately, but he felt that I would be up to the task. And he said, here's what you need to do. You need to just train with the other directors Just come on your free time. They are contracts. So it's not like the company was paying me to learn or that those directors were paying me to learn. Um, I just had to do it. And so that's what I did. I sat in and I learned everybody's styles and little by little as folks would be gone to conventions or they were sick or just needed a break, they would have me come in and uh, direct for them. Um, so by the end of 2005, I got my first contract from the company, which is to work on Case Closed, which is kind of a full circle. Oh, from, that's, yeah, that's, dope. that's how I started as an actor and that's how I started as a director as well. And okay. I, didn't, I, don't, I don't know, four or eight episodes. And after that, it was on to doing some like one piece contracts and helping out with other shows uh, here and there. It wasn't until 2007 or eight that I had my own show for the first time. And that was uh, Suzuka, which is a fun little rom-com uh, sports anime. And okay. um, the next big one after that, of all things, is Oran High School Host Club. In hey. Wow. So, that is yeah. a legendary one. Yeah. Yeah. So, That's and crazy. No. Asked, yeah. Oh, you go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, yeah, I, God, I, I, God's will. God's will had asked how's directing now, and I feel like I could go into that. But if anything I said sparked other questions, let's do that. We could talk yeah, about yeah, yeah. The, current, the current state of directing in a bit. Uh, <laughs> I, I just, I thought it was amazing uh, that I mean, I, I want to give credit to Justin even because like he gave, he let you facilitate, like he he allowed you to be like, you know what, yeah, because there's a lot of gatekeeping, as you know. When it comes to uh, yeah. people in company work, like, oh, that's it, you can't do that. Like, you know, what I do over here is. He could have easily just shut that down. Like, there's no possibility. But like the fact that he was yeah. like, yeah, that, that yeah, was fantastic. Going to put you in a fantastic position to be where you're at now. And now you're killing it mm -hmm. um, all over the place. So I remember a, a really quick little side story where I was, before I did social media, um, I was doing uh, sales constantly. And I hated sales. I don't like selling people things. Like, it was a thing I could do. Like talking to people is not a problem for me, but I hate selling things. Like force me. Like at the end of the day, I gotta be like, "Hey, so are you buying this?" <laughs> and you know they yeah. don't want it and they don't need it, and you're just like, "Yo, please, <laughs> please, yeah, <laughs> yeah. buy this so that I can eat, yeah. survive." And right? I'm saying it's a it's a pretty stressful job. And I remember uh, I was working for like this Twitch. Um, it was like a company on Twitch. I was working with them and I remember uh, I asked because our social media person left and I was like, I asked the guy above me. I was like, hey, man, uh, is there a possibility like I could like get into the social media thing? Because there's no college for social media. This is something you have to learn. Right. Mm -hmm. So I was like, he's like, and it's oh, always I don't know. changing too. Constantly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> God's one of those, he's been in long, way longer than me at this point. So it's like, <laughs> it was one of those things where he was just like, ah, oh, you know, I don't think so. I, there's so much that goes on. And he just kind of shut me down. So I was just stuck in sales and I was like, okay. So I just kept doing my job and then I prepared for it though. Kind of like what you were talking about earlier. I prepared, I looked up and for, again, there's no school. So what you do is you just go to YouTube and you look up what GQ does for social media. You look up what uh 
Funimation does for social media. You're just trying to, trying to figure it out, take notes, whatever. And then I got an opportunity through somebody else, luckily anime industry stuff, and it worked out. But it's Here like, it is. yeah, Here but it wouldn't is, have happened if I got, I got again, preparation meets luck, really. But it's one of those things where it's like if I had someone like Justin, that would have been such an easier door to open than getting shut down. <laughs> I almost just threw my notes away. I had them on the computer still. It got some mm-hmm. notes. I sent them to him. But I was going to delete them because I was like, ah, you know, I'll be doing oh. sales for the rest of my life. But wow. Here you are. Yeah. I'm so glad. Honestly, yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad that things worked out the way they did. I mean, just like, yeah, I mean, just like what Josh is saying, it's like, even sometimes I'm like, do I want to like share like what I'm doing or like tell people like how to get in, I guess, you know, especially like the more busy that like I'm getting. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, I, also that's the same thing that like I really dig about you, Caitlin. Like I have seen you like be open door and be like more open to bringing people on. And I mean, I guess like working with people, in this sort of mm-hmm. high pass a high paced world honestly like yeah that's also why i had to ask you is like how is it today because i can only imagine <laughs> i can only imagine it's and a, honestly uh, yeah oh go, go ahead, ahead. Are you no, about... no. go, go ahead, ahead caitlin. <laughs> okay yeah you got it you floor is yours caitlin um well you know we started doing the simul dub thing in like 2015 which is mm-hmm. when I became a salaried, like, on-staff director for Funimation. Hey. And I, had, I hadn't been directing, like, that full 10 years, 20, 2005 to 2015. I, I directed for about five years, and then um, I got married. I left the country. I had a, other stuff that I did. I came back. Um, and in 2015... Wow, you live life. Yeah, in 2015, I think 15, 14, 15? I don't remember. <laughs> yeah. They're like, hey, do you want to... Uh, they was they were actually approaching me to just do a contract of something, and from the perspective of hey, we want to do like uh, kind of celebrity director sort of things. Like you're well known, and people know you from Oran, and we could say like, look at the show we've got. It's being directed by Caitlin Glass. You know her, and so that was the plan. I don't even know what the show was. And then the next time I went back to solidify that, they're like, um, would you like a job? <laughs> and I'm like, I thought that's hey. what I was here for. They're like, no, no. Do you want to be a salary director and benefits and the 401k and all of that stuff. And I'm like, yes, please. Thank you. Please. And thank you. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Especially. And I made sure that I was still allowed to act and um, be paid for my acting. In addition to that, they're like, yes. I'm like, okay, let's do it. Um, And when it started out, it was just one show per season at a time, the way we'd been doing things for as long as I'd known. And then they're like, hey, we're going to start up this thing called Simuldubs. Like one other director had done it before me, Joel McDonald. And then I was in kind of the second wave of it. And oh. uh, yeah, so Zach Bolton, who's one of our producers, who had also been a director and was maybe still directing some at that time, actually. Well, I know because he directed a show with me. He's like, we're going to try it on this show and we're going to share it. So I'll do an episode one week and then it's your turn. And um and we were putting them out. Uh, the show was Absolute Duo. And I don't think they were coming out like the same week as the Japanese, but it was in the same season as them. So maybe within a month of the Japanese airing, uh, the English would come out. Um, and we did that. And then it became the norm. And I don't know how long it lasted with just doing one show at a time. But um, then they determined, hey, we could probably do two. So every director works on uh, two shows every three months. And then when a season ends, we get another two new shows or, you know, perhaps one of the shows continues because sometimes there's like a two core uh, situation. Um, So, yeah, there have definitely been bumps along the road and that there are pros and cons to working this way versus 
of the old way, which is more in batches, like the show is complete and you're working on a handful of episodes at a time. The, the obvious benefits of the old way is that the show is complete. So you know the end from the beginning. You know everything that's going to happen. And a lot of, it's probably 50-50 nowadays with the anime stories. Some come from a manga and you can read it and find out where it's going and others are original. But some come from a manga and it's not in English. So you really don't know and you have to just get trust random fan wikis online or, or read what I hate, like scanlations and illegal um, illegal translations of, of mm-hmm. manga to, to learn the story. So that part of simul dubbing sucks. But the positives are we do so much more work now. There's more work for everybody, more work for actors. Is there more work for us? Uh, yes, but I'm, I don't know. I guess I've gotten used to it. It feels like less of a grind and more just like a workflow. Um, there are times when it can be uh, more difficult than others because any show could be more difficult than another for uh, any number of reasons. Um, it could have a really large cast. It could have difficult uh, language. It could, who the heck knows? Tons of reasons. And other times you get shows that are a breeze. You know, they're, it's a, a chill slice of life romance with five people in it, you know? <laughs> so it's really easy to balance that with your other crazy show that's going on over here. Um, uh, what else is weird about it? We still, as directors, are in charge of our, our series from simul dub through to home video. So that means that, like, while I'm working on two shows right now, a show from two seasons ago could come back and I need to prepare it for home video as well. So that means rewatching it because in Japan, they'll reanimate something. Um, oh. they, you know, they'll fix some scenes because they all work remarkably fast, too just to get stuff ready to go on television in Japan. So they'll be like, oh, this seems ugly. We're going to, you know, fix it. Or the mouth flaps didn't match the Japanese performance. And so they'll they'll change that, which means that we have to change it. Um, so, and the sound might be different for various reasons. There's all kinds of things. And so maybe we're going to dub the songs and we couldn't do them for broadcast, but we're going to do them for home video. So it gets hairy when you're working on two present shows and one or two of your old shows could come back at the same time. And at the end of the season, you're also looking towards the coming season. So you're dipping your toe into that research. Um, But thankfully, we've learned um, how to have assistant directors, how to have people there to back you up. And provided you have that person that you can trust, um, production is really good about giving the directors the time they need to do that other stuff. So if I'm like, hey, I need time to go do these home video reviews, I'll be like, cool, call in your assistant, and that person will come and direct for me for a day or two days while I do something else, like no questions asked. So uh, there's a lot of support uh, in that regard. There's still a long way to go, but um, it's not so bad. I was, <laughs> I always thought that would seem difficult, the simulcast thing, so I'm just like, so Japan and America are getting it at the same time. I was like, do you guys get it after Japan, which means you have to make your fixes and things like real quick? Yeah, yeah, it's not ideal. I think when people hear simul dub, they imagine that we are getting materials in advance of Japanese broadcast. And that is very rare, actually. I think, and again, above my pay grade, so I don't know all of the intricate details, but there are some shows where it's worked out in, in the agreement with, with the licensor that yes, we'll have, the stuff before Japan, probably the bigger name titles, I imagine, like your My Hero Academia, your Attack on Titans, 
things like that okay. where they really are trying to combat piracy. Um, so we'll get stuff in advance so that our things can come out what we, what's called day and date, same day as Japan. Then obviously we've had materials before, but most of the time it comes out in Japan. Uh, for example, a show I'm doing this season is called Shoot Gold of the Future, episode nine, I think, just aired in Japanese uh, yesterday. And I will get a script for that on Wednesday of this coming wow. week and start start working on Thursday and then I'll turn it in the following Wednesday. So a lot of the time um, we've received some materials of it because our company also, you know, translates and does the subtitles. So if if I'm paying attention and like looking around on the network, which I don't always have time to do, I, I could maybe find the episode uh, three or four days before it goes up in Japanese. But I don't speak Japanese, so unless that translation document is there too, it doesn't do me a whole lot of good, except to scan it up for characters that I don't know and see who I might need to be casting if it is an original show and I and I don't know where the story is going. So can, it, I, yeah. can I ask one more question? I don't know if God wants to yeah, jump please, in. No, 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 yeah. go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, please. So, I mean, also, I'm just I'll having just a good like, time like hearing about I'll this whole process. Jibber jabbing, like I yeah, never no, know when oh, I get boring. So please. Oh no, 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 no. This is cool. Yeah. Like. It's great. I, I mean, like at first, I was like, "Oh, you know, maybe you get this question all the time," but you're killing it. So I'm, I'm having a great time just listening to it, like what this process is like. No, I was gonna ask. Um, so as far as the anime industry, you've been in it for a while. I think you said you got in it when I was in seventh grade. I think. That's, wow, cool. That's insane. To me. Yeah, I was like, "That's you've been, <laughs> you put you've it like been that. doing this." Yeah, because Full Metal Alchemist. That's two thousand four. Said, yeah, two thousand four. So, OG I was a freshman Metal. high school, two thousand six. Yeah. Was a baby. But no, I love this because um, I, I would always want to ask, I asked one of our uh, marketers, uh, not, well, not marketer, she's a brand manager at our job. And it was one of those things I just wondered, I was like, hey, like, you've been in here so long or you've been doing it for so long. Do you ever just get tired? Do you feel like your enthusiasm for anime has slowed down even a little bit? Or are you kind of just like, yo, I love this stuff. It comes, I, I'm into it. Or are you more like, you know what? Maybe I watch some real TV and watch some better calls. <laughs> <laughs> That's an excellent question. Um, it's funny because I feel like I got into anime to be a hobby when I was in college because the other things that I was passionate about were consuming my life. So I was passionate about Jesus. I'm passionate about theater. So I was going to school and then I was doing ministry stuff at church like all the time. Those are the two things I did. And I recognized the burnout and the need for an escape to something. And I remembered I was just getting into anime in, in high school. I had a friend in theater who really loved Sailor Moon at the time of the original Toonami in the afternoon. And um, that's how she introduced me to it. So then I would go, you know, like my mom would record it for me if I had rehearsal and we'd watch together. Um, wow. But then when I got to college, I didn't have time for TV hardly. I mentioned that I would go watch Dragon Ball with, uh, with the guys like before rehearsal. But even that wasn't until like my last couple years of, of college. So anyway, the idea of anime as a hobby is kind of, it was there and then it disappeared. So in my later years in college and when I need something else to escape to, and I'm like, oh yeah, anime. I was getting into that anime thing. Let's do that again. So I started watching with friends. I started, um, I found a blockbuster video by my hey. house and they had tons and tons of stuff uh, from ADV because this was ADV's heyday. And they'd put out so much on home video. So I would rent whatever I could get my hands on. Um, but then very shortly after anime became my hobby, it then became my job. 
Um, so um, it wasn't as all encompassing originally. It was also so new and wonderful, like I said, to be working in my field of study. Um, that I was just over the moon about it. I think now I'm not less passionate. I love the stories that we get to tell because anime is so different than any other medium. Um, what I miss out on is the opportunity to enjoy the work that we've done and enjoy mm. the work of my colleagues and to celebrate it all. I, I have major FOMO, especially during this big convention season when whatever the big show is that they're working on, if it's not your show, if it's, you're not the director, you're not the actor in it, and you just see like uh, San Diego Comic-Con, um, Anime Expo, CRX, well, like huge con after huge con after huge con, and you're like not there in the thick of it. Instead, you're in your little studio, just you and your engineer making whatever the heck anime you're working on right now, wondering if anybody's even watching it. That's kind of the, if there's a downside, nobody who really wants to work in anime would say there's any downside at all. But for me, that that is the, the that's the low point. That is when it can start to feel like a grind because you just feel like you're working on something and is anybody even watching it? Mm. Um, and I think that people are. I remind myself that folks we interact with on the internet are really the vocal minority. There are a lot more people who take in what we do that don't really care about tweeting about it or commenting on, on anything. Um, and usually I'll get to meet those folks at conventions, uh, which is why it is great to get to go to them. Even if you're not there to celebrate whatever the big thing of the summer is, you're just in, you know, Toledo in right. November or something. Yeah. Um, <laughs> somebody not likes Toledo. Holy Toledo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. No, I, yeah, I actually was interested if you guys like use social media or like even have time to go on social media and like. I mean, although I see you guys like constantly, like you know, like showing off like what titles you guys are on, but I guess it's sort of hard to see like what people like or don't like unless you're like you're really in the weeds of it, right? Uh, yeah. And to be honest, I've muted a lot of folks on my Twitter because it's For become such a huge, <laughs> it's just, be, and it's not even muting fans. It's it's honestly muting colleagues and uh, up and coming oh. actors just because I can't stay unbiased that way. Um, that makes sense. Um, and so the, I'll go whole periods of time where I don't even bother looking because I don't, I just don't have time for it. And it's such a place of self-congratulation and I understand being excited for every thing that you're cast in and wanting to shout it from the rooftops. Uh, but it's just hard for me to reconcile all of that information that I could be taking in and my job too. Um, mm. Not too many years ago, I, I we, you kind of what's that being being paid in exposure that that saying being paid oh exposure. yeah yeah uh -huh. yeah i think our actors are, are compensated and that's great but i also know that what they want is exposure they want something that they can say that has like uh, digital worth you know mm -hmm. that they can read mm -hmm. that, that came from the company or that came from their director or something like that that then they can re repost on their instagram twitter facebook extravaganza whatever um, so I used to be very particular about every show I'm going to do announcements for every episode so that each new uh, actor has something that they can say, look, you know, the director put this out, not just me. But I think anymore, the actors are way better at making those announcements than I am. 
I've been seeing. I was. I feel like they stepped it up, honestly. Yeah, I'm like, I don't know how to use whatever program you are using to make this amazing thing. Why don't you just make it and and then I'll retweet it. There we go. Yeah, that's beautiful. That's. But but I was doing stuff like trying to come up with contests, like, hey, guess the actor for this new character that you're going to see next week, or um, putting together fun Q and A's. I did that for I think Oscar Lost in Space. And it was fun. And that was also something that I was doing at the time because I was feeling drained at my job and I felt like Mm -hmm. I wasn't as creative as I wanted to be. So Mm -hmm. that was another outlet for me to do something um, that I could do and also feel like I was giving back uh, to the cast um, with some little exposure (laughs) for them. I think I've I've been really bad about it lately. So I remember like three days after the episode went up. Oh, uh, Hey guys, please watch. (laughs) 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 That sounds like you're focused on other things, huh? Uh, Like, are you, are you uh, in in any other plays right now? Or like, I guess like focused on things outside of Mm. the anime world. I wish I was in some plays right now. I'm not, (laughs) I'm not. It seems like it's stressful right now. Yeah. Womp womp. Um, yeah, I no, like, it always sounds hard to be like in like an actual play while, I mean, just being an actual play or something. That yeah. just sounds like a tough thing. It's been maybe since four years since I've done a a play that requires rehearsal like six nights a week. Um, mm. but the last one I did was Hamlet. I did Othello and Hamlet back to back in 2018 and 2019. So that was wow. a good three or four months i think of six night a week mm. rehearsals is crazy how many hours a day would you great. say i would work all day and then go to rehearsal every night for four hours and then weekend rehearsals were like six or seven hours wow. yeah yeah that's full time um, <laughs> yeah it was it was good though like it was fulfilling for me because i love uh, shakespeare so i'm really grateful that there are a couple um shakespeare companies here in dallas that do a different type of shakespeare uh uh, so the company is called Shakespeare in the Bar and Shakespeare Everywhere. And it is like minimal rehearsal. We rehearse two times usually, maybe three max. You only perform twice. Uh, and it, but I love it because it puts all the onus on you, the actor, to do your text work, to show up, and also just to make decisions. There is no director. There's like somebody who's kind of in charge to make sure everybody knows what time to be there and, hey, bring your costumes and et cetera. But uh, it's on you to, to, to do it, to show up. And it's extremely collaborative and really fun. Um, so I have time for that kind of theater. Because like I said, we rehearse two or three two, times. Three. And we, yeah. and we yeah, perform twice. But you know what you're doing. It, yeah, it's just as fulfilling as the, the three-week run, you know, five shows a week, whatever thing. Um, yeah, it's really cool. So I haven't done one since. November of last year, so I'm itching, itching to do one again. <laughs> oh, okay. I got two two things I came up with. Um, Bring it while you're talking, because I'm just as you're talking, you're, you're giving me so many things to siphon off. Oh yeah, there's plenty yeah. of things questions, I want to talk questions about. Questions all over the place. So one, this background I'm looking at, I, I meant to ask you. This is the first thing I saw. Yes. <laughs> on. All the Disney and everything else. I'm seeing some anime, but I'm seeing a lot of Disney stuff. Yeah. What, what is that all about? Like, that's just been a thing for you forever? Or? Uh, yeah, I love Disney, and a lot of people do. Um, my husband and I, I guess if there's something I do that isn't anime, we're big, uh, we're Disney people. Um, so we do live in Texas, but I find myself in L.A. often for work. So we have uh, season passes, and we'll go 
out um, to the park four or five or more times a year. So um, I still need to go. Have, <laughs> we have like this. Godzilla, you haven't been? Oh my god! I know. You gotta go. I was like, what's wrong with so, me? Yeah, we have quite a collection. I can grab some of these Mickey Mickey Mouses. Um, I'm a big fan of It's a Small World, so this is a It's a Small World style uh, Mickey Mouse. Isn't he uh, cute? This is cute. Anyway, don't, don't, want to see it. don't get me started on all my plushies. I'll go on forever. But here's there's a Shin <laughs> there's a Shin Chan over there. Can you see Shin? Yeah, I saw Shin Chan. Yeah, Aye. there's Shin. But yeah, most of these are are Mickey's and a real Akuma hanging out. <laughs> wait uh, that's really cool oh okay i didn't even see that one okay yeah, yeah so really is your cool. husband also into anime or is he more like is he more like western disney or what is it um no he likes anime I, I, he doesn't actively watch it i think because he knows it's my job so you'd said mm-hmm. like at the end of the day do i want to watch regular tv yes uh um because i'm i've and working in anime has almost ruined anime for me in that it's very hard for me to watch dubs in particular because I can't turn, I can't <laughs> like, turn off my like director. This, huh? <laughs> yeah, I can't turn off my director brain. And I don't like that. Like, I don't like being so critical Judgmental of someone else's in a way, yeah. work that I but, can't enjoy the story anymore. So, yeah. yeah. Um, Dang. But yeah, my husband and I, when we were first dating, like we, we watched anime together. It was fun. Uh, but now he'll watch things that I've worked on. If I'm really excited about them and want him to see a couple episodes of it, he'll watch it. Um, he'll go to the theater. If I have a movie or, or something going on in, in the theater, he'll go to see it. Uh, but yeah, you I need to get him, him initially. Uh, we went to the same college, but not at the same time. So after my freshman year, he graduated from college when I graduated from high school. And after my freshman year of college, um, I auditioned for a play outside of school and so did he. And he was cast as my brother. And um, I didn't have a car. <laughs> that he, that sounds romantic. Drove, this yeah, sounds... <laughs> yeah. I didn't have a car. And he uh, drove me to rehearsal um, and home. And that's, that's when we started dating in the year 2000. Wow. <laughs> Wait. Yeah. Okay. You were yeah. freshman in college. Never mind. This works. I was like, hold yeah, on. Yeah. Oh, hold on. Yeah. No, freshman This works out. This checks out. It's all good. It's all good. <laughs> no, that's fantastic. That's sick. Oh, man. I wanted to ask about, uh, I guess, religion and spirituality. Like, you know, you said you just got back from church. And, mm-hmm. I, like, I also, like, I'm just, I guess it's sort of rare, I guess, to see anybody sort of speak about, like, their religion, faith these days, you know? And I guess, like, how has that been for you? I guess, especially, like, over like this past decade i guess for me i think like things have been changing like heavily like over like this past decade and i guess i'm always interested in Mm -hmm. other people's spiritual journeys too yeah well i've been a christian my whole life and um it's never been hard for me to speak what i believe and um i feel that god has never steered me wrong and i wouldn't be where I am in life in this industry uh, without him. So I'm, I'm never shy about it. I've never tried to hide it. I've never thought, Oh, if they know I'm a Christian, they won't cast me, nor have I felt discriminated against in any way. So um, it's interesting to me when I hear that, when I hear that people are saying particular Christian actors are being discriminated against in the anime Mm. industry in particular, because they are Christian. And um, I call BS on that um (laughs) because (laughs) why just that person and 
not me or not Johnny Young Bosch or a lot of the other Christians in the industry. And that's also probably a reason that I felt so comfortable with being myself and being open with my faith is because very early on, I met other Christians here and, um, and I feel comfortable and safe and so very respected by my non-Christian um, friends and, and colleagues. And uh, I think that that's, that's the way it's supposed to be. Um, people often say, you know, like, yo, you're a Christian, go be a missionary. If you want to preach, you know, go to Africa or go, you know, to South America or something. But I believe a mission field is anywhere, anywhere that we are. Um, we're called to be a light in dark places. And so God gave me this gift to act and I'm going to use it and I'll go be a light wherever I am. So, yeah, I mean, I hope that I don't try to get preachy, but if on any given day, like I'm just really feeling a certain something or scripture is speaking to me, I'll tweet it. I'll post it on my Instagram because maybe somebody else needs it. Um, I think it's important. It's really important. There's a verse in the Bible that says, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation for all who believe. So that's me. And if you don't like it, peace out. Uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. no, it, what you're, yeah, what you're saying about uh, discrimination in the industry, I, I would agree. Even though I've only been in the industry for like a year, maybe a little bit less than that. It's like, it's one of those things where I don't, I don't see it. And I don't see anybody being very critical of each other in the industry. Um, that being said, the fans towards Christian actors, I would be a lot more likely to be like, I see where they're coming from because I have seen them come down on people for being Christian a lot harder for just saying things like a Christian person. Um, for instance, um, who's the guy who plays um, Star-Lord in... Uh, oh, Chris oh, Pratt. Chris Pratt. Yeah, he's yeah. Been being drugged through the mud. You for know, just... Yeah, like I've had my issues like with people getting on to Chris Pratt for, join for being a part of a church. And I was just sort of like, I feel like this is really it was disappointing to see like people like coming down on him for just being part of like a, a, a certain church even though apparently like he's not even a part of that church mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah everyone mm -hmm. was saying that like he was part of a yeah. hill song yeah like or yeah or, or, yeah, yeah part of a church that like against like LGBT. problematic yeah and then um, they're saying that like he is is that and i was like i don't think that's fair right unless he said that unless he said that like yeah. that's what he did it's very but, difficult. what do you yeah, go ahead. Oh, go people uh -huh. making drama. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. It's very difficult for people to make that that difference, right? Because yeah. especially people who aren't in, had never been in religion, specifically the people who even jumped out early, um, it's very hard for them to make a difference in your religion and who you are as a person because they think that they are yeah. conflated, like they're the same thing. They're like, well, Christians hate LGBT, right? That's it. <laughs> so it's like, it's like well, who, who gave you that? Who who told you that? Like, there's so many different denominations and groups and one church that could be right next to another church on the street and believe different things um, doctrinally, but still mm. like believe in Christ. And is it a mess? Yeah. Is it confusing? Yeah. Do we need to figure that out? Heck yes, we do. But um, within like just being an actor, it, it, I think that my greatest critic is myself and also the fear of what other Christians are going to think about what I'm doing. Um, and I had to get, I had to learn how to get over that very early on. Um, because not every story that is going to be told is, is some redeeming story, but I think that th there can be light and hope found in all of them. And I'm not just, just going to play the heroes. I'm uh, going to play villains too. I'm going to play awful people too, but I'm pretending I am an actor. <laughs> it's not real. You don't like it. You don't have to watch it. Um, so I'm grateful that people at my church 
um, are super supportive. I don't know that they really watch what I'm doing, but they are just so glad. Like I said, be a light in a, in a dark place, be, you know, grow where you're planted. And they're just glad that I'm there. Um, so they don't really care what I'm up to. They're just happy <laughs> that I'm, that I'm there. Um, it sounds ideal, honestly, <laughs> to, you know, be supportive about like what you're doing. Um, yeah. yeah, I like but that. If, if there's, if there's ever like content issues or something, it, we don't end up in a show not knowing what's going to happen in it. Um, usually, I mean, stuff can happen in simul dubs that we're like, whoa, didn't know th- this was happening. But <sighs> most like that, of the time, yeah. you you know what kind of show it is. So if I feel like, I don't know that I should be a part of that, just don't audition. And nobody writes it down like, so-and-so didn't audition because she is Christian. Like, that's not... And if they are doing that, go away or I'll have a talk with them. Like everyone is, is everyone's really respectful uh, that I've ever worked with in almost 20 years um, that I've been dubbing anime. Like nobody's mad if I don't want to be in the booby show. It's fine. (laughs) You know, that is wild. Like just saying it out loud is strange to me. How, how cool the industry itself is with the, sometimes the fans can get a little out of hands. Like, it's very, yeah. it's very gatekeeping. It's very like you didn't do what I thought was right. Mm. Yeah, it's yeah. a lot of that. I mean, surprisingly, mm-hmm. with your fans specifically, um, they seem very like I didn't know you for this this interview or this chat we're having. <laughs> yeah. And uh, but I do do social media for Biz, and I see you there, and like they'll be like, "Oh my gosh, she's my favorite!" Like everyone is very positive. Like I haven't, I haven't had to That's leave true. a comment about. Kate oh, we all loved you year. when you came in, and then also, yeah, like every time like you, you're on our screens is like good times. Gosel knows it. Like sometimes we'll we'll post a, somebody on there and I'm like, oh God's like, hey, you gotta get on that post. I'm like, oh Jesus. I know, so, right? Like, He's like, oh. things and whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like with you, it's just like, oh man, I met her at this convention. She's so cool. Whatever, whatever, all the time. So I like it's so cool that you're not jaded because a lot of us get there. Yeah. I think that's also like a big fear for me, especially for you. You know, it's like, I think you're doing some great shit stuff. And sorry, <laughs> it's like, <laughs> she just came from church. I know what's wrong with me. I know. <laughs> I, hey, I've already censored myself like five times. <laughs> oh, man. Well, yeah, we can curse on this. So I'm just sort of like, ah, especially as we just talked about. I know, right? Sir. Forgive me, Lord, right? <laughs> oh, he's not man. surprised when I do it. I know. He's not surprised. So it's no big deal. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, yeah, like it, it's it's um it's good. I'm trying to remember like what I was just about to say, but <laughs> but no, I'm I'm glad to hear that also because I think I had my own conceptions too. I guess like and I think like just in general, I, I think like I'm I'm starting to like put myself more out there. Just be like, here's my spiritual journey, like with what I'm doing, but. I, I guess especially like these days, like when I see so many people that are like are hurt by religion and like now is like sort of cool to be against organized religion. And I guess it bumps me out, but uh, I'm always mm-hmm. uh, honestly excited to like always talk with people about like their own spiritual journeys, especially like these days. Um, like, you know, like, I, like I'm happy that like we are becoming like more multicultural and like, and we're encountering different groups and we're trying to figure out, but I guess, especially like in Texas too, like where it's just sort of, um, it feels like it's almost like a war at times, I guess, with religion. It's a big and, culture war here. For yeah. Sure. It's yeah. a bummer. There's a lot and, more ideas, a lot more yeah. ideas floating around. So, Which is good. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. Ideas are wonderful, but I guess it's just Absolutely. sort of a bummer, especially like when like it's, it's, it's who you are and you're trying 
uh, like for example that chris pratt thing like really bummed me out i guess like where it's like oh this guy's going to church he didn't say anything and it's just this conception about like this is who he is because he goes to church or whatever mm-hmm. um you know maybe i'm misconstruing that myself but oh no, it's, it's good to hear I your think, perspective on it yeah it's, it's it's easy for people to become disillusioned with either their own faith or even just a faith in general that they used to think was just fine that it was existing over there. But the, the louder the screw ups are, the harder it is for the devoted people to really point folks to Christ. We have to work even harder um, Mm. to show them that like, yes, that person messed up because they are human. Um, But God is bigger and God is better and God will forgive that person and deal with them in time. Uh, let, but let me show you uh, the goodness of Christ if I can. But it's it's hard. It's hard when when really loud and well known folks uh, fall like that. Um, there's That's a lot. Interesting, it's uh, really, it's heartbreaking. Truly, it, it, I won't even say it's. I'm sorry. I won't even say it's interesting. It's a very, uh, it's a very well thought out way of speaking about this because, um, regardless of the religion, it's one of those things where. It is people. And I feel like that's like the underlying thing, right? Yes. Because it, it's a thing where it's overlapping. There's, you're a person first, and then there's also your religion, right? Or what you believe, your beliefs. And a lot of times when people make a mistake or something like that happens, they blame the religion. It's like something they want to go against actively. It's a mm-hmm. bias. It's a confirmation bias, right? Yeah. Like, oh, that person's Muslim. This person's Christian. Like, look what they're doing. But I'm like, you understand that the, the common denominator is actually the fact that people make these mistakes right exactly like, it's it's you can't especially because no one judge the is, whole thing based yeah off and, of the individuals. and no one is yeah no one is born with their faith though like ethnically you may be born into a faith that's true but i wasn't mm-hmm. born christian i was born a human <laughs> i was born caitlin and i came to christ and while i believe that he changed me it's still an active step-by-step thing just like the day you decided to become a social media guy, you didn't just decide that. And then suddenly all social media knowledge was imparted on you. And you're this guru so, who can just do anything. You know, that's, that's that not how it works. <laughs> that would have been great. We, have, we need to, in the matrix, that's a real thing. Next, right, yeah, exactly. Next updates. Come on now. <laughs> yeah. But you know, it's, it's funny how we all recognize that with, with other aspects of our life, whether it's a, a career path we're going to follow or a new hobby. You could, you know, just suddenly say, okay, I'm a chef. Even though you just started cooking yesterday, you can still claim, you know, I'm a chef. It's the same thing with claiming, okay, I'm Christian, I'm Muslim, I'm I'm Jewish now, whatever. Um, Yeah, you're not the end-all, be-all representation of that thing. It's a practice. It's something that you're following. Um, So there's definitely a disconnect. And uh, screens don't help at all (laughs) when we're not seeing people even not seeing them in person, not hearing their words in the full context they're coming from. Um, it's a big old mess, y'all. Oh, yeah. Y'all need but to Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> I like this. I like this mindset a ton, you know. It's like it's, it's, it's full of mercy, honestly. And I think it's, it's understanding that, like, other groups and people – we have our problems, but the best thing to do is just do your best, right? Like showing off the love that you have, right? Yeah. Yeah. There's I a, love that. there's a, a verse that I try to live by. I've even written it on a post-it and it's in my studio. It is Micah 6, 8, in case anyone cares. Uh, Micah, oh, wow. 
yeah, the, but the brunt of it is, uh, what is it that God expects of us? And it is to act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly before your God. And like, I look at that every day and try to try to embody that in, in the work that I do. Because that's what I, like I want that. people to feel when they step into my studio, when they step into my booth, that they are uh, loved, that it is a safe space. Um, yeah, that I'm going to treat them fairly, regardless of who they are, what color they are, their sexual orientation or gender identity or any of that. That I'm, Can they come in here and be an actor and use their God-given talents? That's what I'm interested in. Come in and be you and uh, let's do this thing, you know? I love that. As I, I honestly, I feel that like it's, you know, like when I first started like doing tours, I always loved going to your booth, you know, for sure, because it's like it's always easy to talk with you. But you always gave us like such great answers uh, and there's always something fun to like see. So I, I definitely feel it from you. I definitely feel it. Thank you. I did want to ask um, Garo, like I remember you speak Spanish, right? Uh, and you were able to do like a really cool job on Garo because also you speak Spanish. How did you learn Spanish? Like you said, you lived uh, abroad, right? Like lived, for yeah, I lived years. in Spain. Mm-hmm. So I grew we're up in Southern about, California. Garo from One Punch? No, no, no. Garo, not a different. That's a character. It's, it's a show called Garo. Um, the animation. Oh. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Garo the animation, and it like, has like different okay. shows in the franchise. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um. So I grew up in San Diego, California. So uh, Spanish is around me all the time. And I started studying it in high school. I'm not really fluent anymore, but living in Spain, I was fluent enough to completely get around for a year and a half. And I can still understand a ton more than I ever speak it anymore. I don't have as much occasion to speak it. But um, we'd just been back for like three or four years when they gave me that show. And it's set in like a fictional Inquisition era Spain. So a lot of the names and place names are in Spanish. And I'm like, these need to be pronounced correctly. And while the the main cast were not, you know, Spaniards, except Monica Real, who is, um, I just wanted to bring in as much multiculturalness to the show as possible. And then that really just kind of ignited something in me from then on to really seek diversity um, for diversity's sake before it was popular to do yeah. so before <laughs> it was the, before it was the thing that everybody was doing the, the, the mandate re- the, yeah the, the reason was because I would go to conventions and I would look around and I'd be like this is so great being here because this is the best mixture of people I've ever seen I mean, there are pockets of the country that are, of our country that are quite homogenous and so I'll still go to conventions sometimes and it's just like white people uh, but most of the time at cons, it is such a, an amazing multicultural mix. And I'm like, how come dubs just sound like a bunch of white people when all of these English speakers are watching them? Um, so that's when I'm like, we should do something about that. And it's, you know, it, you can't just throw people into a dub for the sake of diversity. I still am seeking talent, but representation really matters. And I've seen how it has ignited the fan base, how it has ignited um, aspiring voice actors who never thought it was something they could do because they didn't think there was a place for them in it until they see, um, you know, a black person in the lead or a, or a Mexican person in the lead. Um, and uh, it's just, it's a passion of mine. I love it. And like, yeah, like it's, 
like you live how you walk. I definitely have appreciated it. You know, it's like it's it. Like, because I, I remember, like, when, like, they started talking about, like, diversity, but then I was like, well, I know someone who's been doing it, you know, like, legit, you know, <laughs> like, I mean, I definitely appreciate that, like, the company was like, oh, yeah, we should start doing this. But I was like, well, there's someone who's already, like, you know, putting people, like, in leads. And I definitely have always appreciated that. Like, it, that was something that really just, like, like, I endeared me to you, like, more in the beginning. I was just like, wow, you're no one told you at least as far as i know no one told you to do this and you're just straight up doing it and yeah. then like i remember like going to like the garo um that watch party or the, oh, the movie, yeah the garo yeah. watch party yeah oh man that was a good time was, like and that was that was really fun yeah by by the time we did that movie i was even more on board with that with that concept because the first show just kind of scratched the surface for me mm. and that was in like 2015 and then I guess it was 2017 or 18 is when the movie came around. Uh, so Josh, this show, Garo, I got to give you background because I really want yeah, to go thank you. it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it was a, it's, uh, it's based off what's called a tokusatsu show, which is kind of like grown up Power Rangers, the best way I can put it, like, like primetime live action show, but where somebody oh, like will Sentai. transform. Yeah, kind of yeah. like a common writer sort of thing, but it's like mystical, magical. And there's this golden knight called called Garo. And in each iteration of the show, there's a new golden knight. And it could take place in a different city, a different time period, whatever. So for the 10-year anniversary of this franchise, they said, let's animate it. And so they got a then-fledgling company called MAPPA. Now we all freaking know who MAPPA is. Back then, yeah. MAPPA was... Mappa was still fairly new. Granted, it's, it's people from other animation companies that left those to start Mappa, but still, it's one of their earlier things. And um, and they did Garo the animation set in a fictional Inquisition era Spain, and it's just really badass with like amazing, cool suits of armor transformations, and it's a bit monster of the week. But the monsters are like something out of Guillermo del Toro's nightmares. Like yeah. it's, it's really dark and cool. And uh, Crunchyroll, yeah. I think it's moved yeah. over to Crunchyroll. It might be on Funimation still because I think not everything has merged. But anyway, so that in and of itself made it cool enough. And then a year or two later, they're like, let's do another one and call it Garo Crimson Moon. Same idea, it's Golden Knight, but now I sit like before a different time, different place. It's set in the Heian era Japan. I'm like, okay, all right. But they took the same cast of actors and mix them all up. It's all the same voice actors, but in different roles. So the guy who was the Golden Knight, the hero before, he's now the Silver Knight in the second show, and he's like the anti-hero. Uh, not the villain, but just kind of the, is he good, is he bad, we don't know. And then the guy who used to be like the dad in the first series is loud like the villain, or something like that, in the middle one. And then there's a brand new super uber villain. A couple of years after that, we did another one called uh, Garo Vanishing Line, a newer one, and it's set in modern day America. And the guy who was the villain from the middle show is now the hero uh, in yeah. that one. Um, and you get to hear all of the voice actors' journeys and see what different types of roles they play uh, from show to show. It was a blast. It was so fun. Um, and there's a movie. So somewhere in there, uh, they made a movie that's in the timeline of the first Garo show. And by then I had done some other shows where I was, you know, seeking representation in casting and all of that. So when I cast 
this one, I purposefully went for uh, Hispanic actors. So like uh, Christina Valenzuela plays like the female um, kind of ingenue role for the movie. And then a local actor named uh, Omar Cadilla, who's from Mexico City, he plays the lead. And all of the walla, which is the background, like just, just people talking in the background is 100% in Spanish. Um, oh, it, was, wow. it, was, it was really fun really fun so it's not the same as like dubbing into spanish i would never want to be in charge of that because it's not my first language and i don't think that's right right? Uh, yeah yeah. but uh it's cool to get to be authentic and bringing it into a show that way so and i think it's one of my favorite things i might might do it today honestly um i I enjoyed it but it's like it's interesting because uh like god was saying with the diversity thing where it's being forced um, a lot of times that does, it is the situation. A- anyone who I feel like I'm not, I don't like, I'd rather have it be forced personally than not. But at the same time, there's <laughs> something when, like when I bear some than none. Right. But I mm-hmm. appreciate, right. I definitely love like how it was organic from you. Thank and you. that was one thing. It's like, um, I, I feel like a lot of times people are, especially with, with black people in America, there is like a trauma there where it's like, they're, they feel like people don't really want them in certain spaces anyway. And that's, mm-hmm. that's just standard. Right. Yeah. Um, so it's sad. like, the, I mean, it happens. It, it's also like, if, if you've lived long enough, like me and God's worth 30 now. So it's like, we're not old by any means, but it's like, we've been around long enough to just be like, this is just how life is. Right. Um, and this isn't to be like a sad story. This is just one of those things where, uh, you realize well, I mean, like, your certain perspective things that we, is completely different from mine. Like I wouldn't know that if you didn't say that. So, yeah. And that, that's why we do this podcast. I love hearing other perspectives <laughs> on these things too. Uh, and Gaza spoke only high stuff of you. Uh, he told me about the diversity thing before you even got on the cast. And I was like, oh, that's cool. That sounds dope. Because um, no one told you to. No, you didn't have to. Um, but I mean, getting to the point was, um, I feel like it's one of those things where we understand that me, the way me and God will talk in private or with our friends doesn't fly in certain situations because our cultural <laughs> things are normal to us and our families doesn't work in the business world. The business world is modeled after a specific person. Uh, and they're not going to be okay with us speaking a certain way. They're like, well, why can't you speak? Like, you know what I mean? Like you'll get this job. Oh, if you, if you sp- and this isn't something they'll say, but it's something that goes through everybody's head. Like he speaks yeah. like he might be from Detroit. We can't just have this guy over here just work in the office. He's a little uncouth. You know what I mean? Oh it, man. It, it, it's, I like how you said it, all that. <laughs> it, it's, there's no, there's no other way to explain it. It's like, it's just like, this is just how we were raised. This is how it is. And, and mm-hmm. like people are going to be like, why don't you just try to change? But it's like, what you're doing is you're telling us to change into what you are. And I don't uh-uh. think, it's like, it's very hard to put that perspective, to put that in perspective to people. So, yeah. I mean, even us currently with, with our company, uh, there's people who are, uh, they believe that we're, you know, treating black, you know, consecrators a little differently. Um, and again, that's just trauma. It's just a trauma response. Like they're, they feel like this has mm-hmm. been happening to them and they might've heard something from somebody. And now it's like a whole you know, thing. Yeah. Um, but it's nice to hear that someone let's just in the company has no, you don't have to do this. And you're just out here just like, Hey, we need to get some yeah. you for this role. I feel like anime, it's honestly the perfect place to do it. A, because it, it comes with an audience that's ready for it. And it's only again, the vocal minority who are going to complain about it. Um, granted, they, they do have some, power in that regard because they can get really loud and we don't want you know negative (laughs) negative feedback but i think the company not i think i know the company is is committed 
to um, expanding diversity so that if someone's complaint about a dub was that the lead is a black actor, it'd be like, GTFO, man, I don't care. You know, yeah. <laughs> your opinion can That's... leave. Um, but um, the reason, the other reason I think anime is a great place for this type of diversity in acting is because generally speaking, you know, most shows are like about Japanese school kids. And it is, and I don't mean this in a negative way, it is, it's a more homogenized society there. So the Absolutely. group of school kids, they're all, I don't want to say the same, because that's a whole other thing. I'm not trying to say <laughs> that Asian people are all the same, or all Japanese. You got that recording guy? Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> and we got her. I don't know what you mean, like, though. Like, you, like, you can't even be standout. You, mm-hmm. Yeah, your yeah, you have to look the same. You can't be... have different hair. Yeah, and your classmates are by and large going to be Japanese. So there may yeah, be some that are culture, that yeah. are mixed race. But here in America, you're going to get all kinds of kids that you're going to school with. So when we're dubbing something, we're not just putting it into English. What we're actually doing, the term is localizing it. We are making the show that's made for another culture into something that can be digested by our culture. So um, our schools are not homogenous. So why should our depiction of a bunch of school kids all sound like white kids when a classroom is not full of all white kids i mean it is some places sure it definitely is some places and but in some places a classroom is all black kids all brown kids uh no white kids at all so like what can we do to um kind of show like in a perfect world right this is what it would be. And it's not just the token black character, the token Asian character, but it's, it's just a, the perfect blend, you know, the perfect blend. Um, that's kind of what, what I'm going for. And, and, and even and third reason why anime is great. If it isn't set in a, a school or something like that in Japan, it's like often faced with aliens and crazy things that aren't necessarily based in any particular culture. So why not let them sound like anything at all? Um, yeah. It, yeah. Why limit, why yeah. limit ourselves like this? Yeah. Uh, we got into it. <laughs> it's funny. Cause uh, I always got in that conversation with Dragon Ball where they're like, why aren't these like, I remember the movie came out. The movie wasn't fantastic by any means, whatever. It's fine. The, the real, the live action. Oh, 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 I'm like, Dragon Ball. Okay. <laughs> like that one that just came out. That's a whole talk I'm, right there. Okay. I'm trying to watch the one that came out like this week, but the Dragon talking Ball about the live action, were... like evolution. Ev- yeah. Not, I'm talking about evolution as being not that great. Yeah, that is true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I remember people were just really upset. And like the very first comments were always just like, why isn't Goku Asian? I'm like, you know, their planet doesn't even have an Asia on it. Like we've seen the map of that planet. They don't even have, like, there's no America. Like, the continents aren't the same. He's from space. Mm. I'm like, are we really? It doesn't have to be He's a Asian, Saiyan. But... He is a Saiyan. Yeah, I, yeah. Right. I, I was like, guys, like, this is a little weird that we're, like, really putting him in a box right now. Yeah, limiting but, ourselves uh, like that, right? Yeah, but point. it also happened to me on Twitter. and Because Gazel, Gazel's fantastic. He's like, hey, you got to get on Twitter. got to get comfortable on there. And I'm like, you know what? You're right. So I get on Twitter. And my very first day on Twitter, someone made a comment. Like, one of those, a guy who's a friend of mine made a comment. Um, it's about Naruto. I'm not sure how familiar you are with the series altogether, but the Rakage's village is predominantly colored people. <laughs> and uh, I, someone was like, someone said, they're like, well, you know, like, uh, 
I just finally have some African Americans in, in these anime. And I'm like, well, Naruto doesn't really have Africa. These aren't really African Americans. <laughs> and this dude got so mad and it started this whole like this this post went from like twelve likes to like a hundred something in like a couple oh, minutes. And I was boy. like, oh my God. And I had to keep responding and I got stuck into that whole thing. But you're talking about like, no, actually. <laughs> uh, I'm so bad. Oh, he know, <laughs> Welcome he know to the internet, right? Do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I get what you're saying, uh, though. Like, I think that that is humorous. <laughs> what you're getting yeah. at is, is pretty Ruined funny. my day. There's no Africa in Naruto. Like, <laughs> <That's hilarious. laughs> Yeah, it took wow. a turn into this whole debate, like, oh, you're saying they're not black? Like, and I was like, well, race isn't really, a, and it turned into this whole thing, and I was like, uh, oh, no. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but anyway, I digress. <laughs> Let's move along. Um, I guess, or I, oh, like, one of my, uh, I guess, last questions for now, I guess, oh, sure. is, like, what what uh, have been some of your favorite titles to be a part of or work on or, yeah, I guess just overall car- uh, career tenure? Um, well, a very recent one that I love a lot is uh, The Ranking of Kings. I was the director ah! of Ranking of Kings. Also, I loved your posts with that. I loved the dub with that. Ah, oh, about to get me geeking out about it. Okay. Oh, man. <laughs> I, I really love Ranking of Kings. Um, I'm like looking around the room. I, I need to start making a list. It's gotten to the point where... I can't remember everything that I've directed. Um, <laughs> Especially if it's every season, every yeah, quarter, every season is and then home shows, videos. So, yeah, so that's Ugh. like eight shows a year. Um, no, yeah, two, four, six, eight. Yeah, eight, eight shows every year. Um, plus any movies or random things I get to work on in between. Um, Radiant. Radiant is another big top of the lister. For me and i think you watched no you didn't watch that yeah i read one, i i read you, you yeah read i read it. the manga and i loved it yeah yeah but when we were working on it i was like god will you have to watch this show um <laughs> so you can get around to watching it i'll let you watch it on your own time um Dope. but but that After one october is, when everything comes out yeah that's that is a, another favorite of mine also probably because of the strides we made in in diversity uh with that show but that show has tons of room for it. And you know, because you've read the manga, but the manga being written uh, by a French author and not a Japanese person has that non-homogenous, um, I don't know, viewpoint. Uh, and he's from an immigrant family as well. So, and the story is really kind of about that, how uh, outsiders are ostracized and the dangers of uh, racism and classism and all of those things. Um, from the gay. Oh, yeah. There's a good yeah, one. Yeah. From the word go. Um, <laughs> absolutely. And so we, um, it was very important to me that all of the major characters, I mean, I cast myself in it because I just loved the story so much. And I have like this little mermaid complex where if there is a character with like, red hair and blue eyes, I'm like, I have red hair and blue eyes. I should play them. Um, <laughs> so um, I cast myself as Melly. But I had like a brand new actor, Chris Ramirez, in the lead role of, of Seth. And then um, he's Mexican-American. And Sean Gann is the other lead. He's Filipino-American. When I got to season two, um, Ali Menz, who's African-American. It was just a big mix. And the story, they actually deal with straight-up immigration. Like it isn't even, it is, there's a whole plot that is just anti-immigrant. So uh, we dealt with that. Um there's so much to dig into 
there. And I also loved working on it because the author was French and he spoke English. I could reach out to him. So anytime I had questions, I'm like, yeah, I made friends with him on Instagram. And I could just direct message him when I'm like, so what did you mean by this? Um, What culture were you digging into when you did this thing? And uh, he would say, oh, it's based on this so that I could find like the correct pronunciations. Because he was like all over the map. Like season two, um, the characters are all, they have like Celtic names and Welsh names. Even though I put all black actors in those roles, and even but the names of the characters are based on like very like white mythological figures, but I'm like, ah, no, um, y'all are gonna be Hamilton, in it. Let's be, go. Be great. <laughs> um, so, uh, but like, yeah, I could just go like Tony. What is this? I can't tell from the anime. What is this? And he'd be like, he would point me in the right direction. So I, I love collaboration, and I've never ever ever had a direct line like that to um someone and he himself is such a lover of manga and and anime stories and along the way in god's will you know because you've read not just radiant but other things that he'll pay homages to like naruto and bleach and one piece and dragon ball um just in his art and in random characters that he'll create you can see like oh that's a little bit of this character and a little bit of this character and then something brand new so like we wanted to or i wanted to honor that uh, so we got to a character. Sorry, I'm just rambling now. Um, <laughs> no, no, no. This is, this is um, no. This is absolutely love. Love to hear this. I actually did want to hear like more about Radiant uh, yeah. personally. So th- I did scratch my itch. Yeah, we when we got to the character. I don't know if you've read this far. Um, I can't even remember the character's dang name, but it's a suit of armor that has like a lot of spirits of knights from the past that are inside mm. it. So one suit with tons of voices. And so I, I went and got like all of the big heavy hitters from Shonen anime that Funimation had done over the years and threw them in there. So there's uh, Justin Cook's in there, who's Yusuke Urameshi. Sean Schemmel is in there, who's Goku. Um, Sabbath is in there, who's Vegeta and everybody in the world and All Might and all of that. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, Colleen is in there. She's not doing the Luffy voice, but like Colleen is in there. I think Damon Mills is in there, who's you know, now the voice of Frieza. Um, Aaron Dismuk is in there. He's like, oh, I'm a suit of armor again. Um, so just all of these, um, I wanted to do that. Like, and it was a big deal. We posted it like on Instagram or Twitter or both when it happened to be like, here's a gift for you, Tony. Thank you for uh, your story. And he was like, I cannot believe this is happening. And like, he didn't watch those shows in English. I mean, maybe he did, but still like he, he recognized that what what we were up to and i, I was so yeah that's dope yeah that's level really cool. honestly yeah who can say like oh yeah i have all the you know like all the the top greats like in my show <laughs> that's dope all playing one character <laughs> so um so i'm trying to so the question was big shows that i care a lot about so like ranking of kings radiant fruits basket of course which we could talk about forever so let's not um (laughs) that's a big one i need to get Um, back to it i I love season one but then i was worried i would get like super hurt so i didn't watch onward but that's that's gonna be my goal now to actually finish it up yeah and there's a movie too so that can wrap it up fully fully which is good fruits basket is great and i spent a long time with it there's so many I feel so blessed to have worked on shows that I really, really adored. I like the stories. I love the cast. 
um, I took over the free franchise and loved that way more than I thought I would uh, the swimming show free. Um, so I've, I've got to tell some great stories. I hope I get to keep telling them. <laughs> That's awesome. That's beautiful. I mean, I think it's a big yeah. deal too. Um, I know when we, back when we met Justin Cook, uh, God knows how appreciative I was to him because uh, you skate your MSU yeah. like, he was one of my favorite characters as a kid. He's still one of my favorite characters to this day. Yeah. But as yeah. a kid, it was just like seeing a, a cool character. Like it's a, a cool guy figure that just like he's hitting. He's checking all the boxes for you. Like I want to be that cool to my friends. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> um, and, yeah. you're, and it's like you're telling stories, especially when kids get to watch this. Like your casting and even your voice sometimes is going to be something that plays in their head forever. Like they know you as this person. And Wild. I think sometimes it's slept on how big of a deal that is. Like. Uh, you're impacting a lot of people. You're telling a story that no one's heard before, but you're the storyteller, essentially. The voice actors you cast are that important. So, I mean, I appreciate yeah. you, like, a ton. Um, Thank uh, you. Winry was one of those that I think everyone knows, especially to this day. Brotherhood is, like, one of the most renowned anime on the planet. Oh. Yeah. You can't touch it, man. It's so When people come through the line and they'll say, like, uh, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood is my first anime, I'm like, yeah, and that's everything pales in comparison now, I bet. You're trying really hard to find something <laughs> They've reached that high again, yep. Yeah. <laughs> Low-key sometimes. Yeah. Low-key sometimes. I mean, I'm right there with everybody. Like, I rewatched it during the pandemic, and it hit so hard. Actually, probably even harder. Uh, seen in a more modern era, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. It's, well, that first as, scene always gets me there. Oh, go as, ahead. Yeah, as we age, different aspects of the story mean different things for the places that we are in life. I mean, if you don't, if you see Full Metal Alchemist when you're first 13 or 14, the person you're going to relate to is probably Edward or Alphonse. But as you get older, it'll be like, oh my gosh, I totally understand. <laughs> Uh, you know, Mustang's the one. Mustang or something, right? Yeah. Or, this, yeah. This, or even a villain. Right. Or, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I understand it. why they would sacrifice all the people now. <laughs> I get it. You know? Star was on to something. Right. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> you know, the wrath all the. Three years, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we just get rid of everybody. Uh, oh, no. Anyone. Uh, I mean, one singularity why not right I was, but uh, <laughs> i'm not gonna talk too much on it but i remember i was bothered because here's the thing and i thought I have, to, I have to admit this is one of my one of my cardinal sins being an anime industry i don't tell anybody but i'm gonna say it all, i'm gonna say it live right i'm now. interested i never actually finished brotherhood now i say this hold on <laughs> i say this i watched the first one brotherhood came out and then one of my friends spoiled the ending for me like he no it's still worth house. it Look, it's still well, worth yeah, it. No, I yeah. saw the whole the whole end. Oh, you episode. saw it. Oh, the last I watched the last episode. He was playing. The, oh, this is da, 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 da. and I was like, wait, this is the plot twist. <laughs> yeah, that. I was like, why would you do that? And I've never had to drive to watch it. Ah, uh, uh, you should. There's so many other. Characters I think it's still worth like, it. And like parts of the world, uh, like the world of Full Metal that they go to, that it is way. There's a whole group of people, multiple yeah. groups of people that aren't even in the original. The original, um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I think it's worth right. it. Like, yeah. Just for safety purposes, God, so if you can take my name and Twitter off of this. Uh, <laughs> Joshua Aquai has not finished Full Metal Alchemist Brother. Is he really a weeb? I don't believe it. <laughs> Metamatic convention. Worst guy ever. <laughs> no. Yes. Never. Never. Yes. Never. No. 
I like, I, oh, you, yeah, cool. definitely still watch it. Thank you, Caitlin. Hey, this has been such a blast. Do you have anything else you want to ask, uh, Caitlin, Josh? Because I mean, you know, I don't want to take up too much of your time, but definitely, I have had a, a joy, a blast, like hearing about all this, like you know, just your processes, how you got into all this. Um, you know, hearing about like how you really brought in your your life experiences into this, and you're making it better. Like I, I I'm really happy Thank that you. you're you're still killing it. Thank you yeah, for not... saying so. <laughs> Absolutely, no. I like it's something I truly 100% believe. That's why like I'm really happy that we get to talk with you. You know, like I was like I don't know if we can, but I'm really happy that we can. I didn't give away any company secrets. It's all good. <laughs> hey, you know, this is perfect. This is this is totally perfect. Yeah, no, I definitely had questions throughout the whole thing, but it's one of those things that I definitely want you, you to talk because, like, you had a ton to say. I know we had a, you know, a minute of time to try to capture, capture most of your life in, a, like, a two-hour span. Right. So I'm cool with just, like, you know, I took a lot of, today. I'm okay. I feel great. Okay. It was nice meeting you. Yeah. Um, if you yeah. want to have me back anytime, this has been fun. We can hit, hit gotcha. all your other questions. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Oh, wow. And now that we got like the interview introduction part out of the way, boom, next time we're getting into the, the meat potatoes. We'll talk about the weeds. We'll talk about MTV 2000. How did you feel about it? We'll talk about all that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Cool, guys. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's been really nice. Absolutely. Where can people find you, by the way? You can if find If you want me. people to find you. Oh, for sure. Um, please come <laughs> to my Instagram because it needs some love, and I like it better than Twitter. But you can find yeah. me on, on both of those. I am at Caitlin Voice. I do have a Facebook, but I, like, never use it, and it just posts oh. everything from my Twitter to it. So, like, don't bother with that. But okay. uh, Instagram and Twitter at Caitlin Voice. Dope, dope. We'll be posting it, uh, making clips, uh, all that, the whole shebang. Yeah. This was a wonderful time. Uh, I'm also glad I just got to hear about the the legend, like, in totality. Like, I had known about <laughs> some things, you know, but it was really cool to hear about all these things. Thanks. It was fun to well, tell Cool. It. Thank you. Definitely got to talk to you some more. Uh, thank you, everybody listening all the way through. Don't forget to like and share the podcast. Uh, definitely, like, blow this thing up. We're almost to episode 100. This is episode 94 right here. Yeah. Yeah. So, thank you. And uh, I was like, I want someone big, you know, to sort of Aww. be on the podcast as we're getting back at to it after three months. Golly. So, yeah. thank you so much for gracing us. And sure. it was a pleasure. Um, anything you want to say, Josh? No, I mean, this is fantastic. Um, I mean, of course, standard. More questions to come, but yeah, for absolutely. now, I'm cool ending here. We'll come back to it. Dope. As always, everybody, <laughs> stay dope, y'all. Peace. Peace.